This is well, baby love. I'd like you to join me for praise and worship this weekend here at Gospel Tracks. I'll speak with Marette Brown Clark, Erica Campbell, and Zacardi Cortez. We're going to be praising his holy name from around the world. We'll get into our inspirational thought of the week. We'll give you the phone number to the faith phone line and the address to the website. All that and a whole lot more right around Gospel Tracks with yours truly, Walt Baby Love. Now, I got to ask this question. How many Sundays can you remember this being on air? Walt Baby Love, uh, an incredible voice, an icon in the broadcasting game. Absolutely. A, a radio god in that respect, a man who has has experienced so many firsts uh reverend walter shore better known as Walt baby love has been consistent in blending his unique <laughs> motivational and inspirational personal experiences along with his strong christian faith to millions of listeners each week for over 54 years uh he's been the host of three uplifting radio programs the countdown with walt baby love which aired for an unprecedented 29 years from august 82 through to august 2011 gospel tracks which we all know from here absolutely 27 years and still going strong every sunday here at capital fm and of course the urban ac countdown for 15 years which is how i came to know about walt baby love and now uh if you've been in the game for 20 plus years like me and you have your your icons and your heroes. And I'm sitting right next to this man right now. And I'm a little bit nervous. So. Uh, <laughs> Walt Baby Love, welcome great. to Capital FM. Thank you so much for, for having me. And Sony, yeah. thanks for bringing me in. I'm talking about getting down with the get down. Yes, sir. Yeah, we can definitely have a good time here. Absolutely. But you made me feel comfortable from the beginning. Oh, oh my good. goodness. So, I mean, Walt, like, it is an yeah. honor to have you here. And, and I think... You know, your career speaks for itself, but I think there's so much that people don't know. If you talk about broadcasting for 54-plus years, yes. you entered a very, very white-dominated game. Absolutely. You were one of the first black voices on mainstream radio. Yeah, the only other guy was a guy by the name of Chuck Leonard, my mentor right. that I happened mm. to meet when I was in the military, but he was a civilian, but he took a liking to me, and I didn't even know I was interested in radio. Instead, I was just being a paratrooper jumping out of planes, but I went to New York City to visit one of my high school buddies, who lived in the same building with him. So God just had us introduced to each other. Mm -hmm. And I was like the kid headed to Vietnam. And Chuck said, hey man, I'll stay in touch with you, okay? Stay in touch with me, good luck. I hope you, you protect yourself while you're there. And I ended up in Thailand instead of Vietnam. But that's how I ended up in radio. But Chuck was the only black person and is in now in the Radio Hall of Fame. And as you know, I was inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame just last November after being nominated four additional times. So over a 20-year period, uh, I never got in. But finally, I got in. Right. And so I thank God for all of that. So it's, it's just, you know, it just I'm loving it, man, because guys like you and young ladies like, uh, say it again for Sony. me. Sony. Sony, a short portion. Sony, it makes me feel good from the standpoint that you even know what I've tried to do but I was in a male-dominated white community, but I didn't take a second seat. Right. I proved that I could compete like Sony has proved women can compete Absolutely. in any industry. That's wonderful. And, and, and you know, let's, take, let's go back to some of those, those moments yes. in the early days. What yes. was, you know, you're, you're entering this game. You're this <coughs> young black broadcaster or, or yeah. you know, wannabe broadcaster yeah. at the time uh, in the military the, the, the struggles you faced and overcame, tell us about some of the, the key moments that made you the man you are now. Okay, I'd say the key moments are, for example, when I got the first job, for example, uh, full-time in Houston, Texas. I got there, and, and because of my speech, and you've lived in the United States, so you understand that there's geographical locations and there's different uh, types of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
ethnicities from the standpoint of speech and regional dialects. Well, I don't have a regional dialect. I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, famous place, Pittsburgh Steelers, football, right? But everybody in my family speaks like I speak. But to certain people around the country in the United States, whether you're white, black, Latin, Asian, Native American, or otherwise, go through this, all black people sound the same way, Mm -hmm. you know? But no, you got white people from Brooklyn who sound different than white people from Mobile, Alabama, or Jackson, Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, where you used to live. So when I got to Houston, I got on the radio, make a long story short, black people would call the radio station, not knowing if I was black or white because I hadn't done a billboard campaign yet. Get that white man off our station. (laughs) Just talking about me like a dog. Broke my heart. I cried. The first night night on the radio, 7 p.m. to midnight, that's where they put me, the new guy. And uh, I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, what's wrong with these people? You know, you know, I, I haven't decided where I'm, the way I should speak. This is where I grew up. No regional dialect. Right. Well, my general manager, a guy by the name of Dick Oppenheimer, uh, who has since passed away, but Mr. O, he said to me, he said, don't let that upset you. He said, I'm the Jewish guy, but I'm running all these black radio stations. He said, you're the future of black radio. I said, what do you mean by that? He says, the things that have been taking place from the standpoint of presentation as well as speech he said, I believe it's going to change, and you're one of the people that's going to change it. And so that not being accepted by my own folks in the beginning just broke my heart. But he said, I'm doing a billboard campaign. He says, give it about 60 days. It'll be all right. Then all of a sudden there were pictures of me on billboards all over the city of Houston and TV uh, ads also. Then all of a sudden it was like, wow, we kind of like him. He's from, <laughs> he's from up north, but, but he's cool. Look what he has to say. Look what he talks about, the music he plays, uh, how he utilizes it different than the other people. So that was a, a big thing for me. Then, as you know, then I got grabbed up by uh, the number one radio station in town, the big top 40 station at that time. Now they call it CHR, Contemporary Hit Radio, uh, KILT. So, there, and I'll show you before we get out of here, uh, for the Radio Hall of Fame, we sent this when they wanted stuff for my career. In the Houston Chronicle newspaper, the headline was, KILT, Kilt hires first black announcer. Big deal. Hmm. But that opened the door for other individuals to walk through the door, but the stereotypes in many cases with whites was kind of like, wow, we didn't even know this this this, this guy was black. We hmm. hear his voice, but we like what he says. Hmm. We like the way he says it. We enjoy his articulation and his speech and his vocabulary. So consequently, it all worked out well. But those are some of the challenges wow. that I had. You know, and then in, t- then in yeah, Los Angeles, I did go through the nonsense when I was shipped out there. Uh, we had a very famous named person. Uh, when I showed up, you know, from being a star, say, in New York City, he was a big star in Hollywood. And I got there, but ABC offered me a gig in Chicago. And uh, so then I was contemplating that, talking to my agent, my lawyer, that sort of thing. But I told management. So they told some of the people around the, the building, right, you know, gossip. So this, this famous person said to me, he says, uh, hey, love, uh, I heard you were offered this job by ABC to go to Chicago. You going to go to WLS? I said, I don't know. Why? What's that to you? He says, because we don't need a white-sounding in like you. Oh, hmm. God. So being 29 years old, I roughed him up, bounced him off the wall, <laughs> took care of the business. <laughs> they came out there and pulled me off him and uh, because the man that brought me to the company said, oh, well, I told y'all. He's a man. He's a veteran. He's not going to take it. 
and uh, you should watch your mouth. So they didn't fire me. They sent me back to New York City, kept him there because he was so popular and famous, let me pick up the ball where I had been in New York City, and that was it. But those are some of the challenges a lot of people don't know about my life. But uh, having been um, a paratrooper and in the infantry, uh, but growing up in the family I grew up in, Pennsylvania, uh, educated black people, but also interracial marriages in my family, uh, I wasn't going to stand for that. And if it meant getting fired, no problem. But I'm going to make you understand I'm a man. And if it comes to physical violence, because I can see that you are one of these particular white people that thinks that I have to be subservient to you mm-hmm. and in- insult me, no, that's not going to happen. So consequently, God has changed my life. And uh, those sort of things spread through the industry. Right. So the whites in corporate went, wow, he's educated. He's a vet. You know, but he's good. So guess what? Y'all better be cool because he brings audience. Audience translates into advertising and revenue. Which translates into numbers, which translates into keeping you on air. (laughs) Bless the Lord. (laughs) Uh, you, you, you speak about you know th- these these challenges and 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 that that you've gone through throughout your career, but yes, the, the element of positivity, the relatability to your audience, absolutely, the, the way you have broadcasted uh, has, I would say, probably been what has made a lot of broadcasters change the way they broadcast. You speak about real life a lot. Yes. You're not you're not you're not glorifying or or you know making things greater than they are you talk about struggles you talk about what life's about and that is what normal your audience the normal audience wants to hear that that they're not alone in these situations that is something you have done and you've sort of made your signature why why go that route when we could have done you know the normal hey this what you know what i mean you've kind of kept it real and kept that kept it conversational there you go i guess because for for me i've always felt when i would hear radio personalities that did what i call johnny taught uh, Johnny Titanbright. Uh, <laughs> hey, what's happening? Uh, you know, how phony can you be? Right. You know? And I still believe what comes from the heart reaches the heart. I happen to be a person of faith. I'm in ministry now. I mean, I wasn't always in ministry, so I'm not going to lie and tell anybody I was. But I've always had faith. And my great-grandparents who raised me when my parents were divorced, uh, they're in, in Pennsylvania, in a little town called Creighton, Pennsylvania. Blue-collar community, right? You know, coal miners, steel mill workers, Iron workers, construction workers, people driving big trucks, glass workers, Pittsburgh Glass Corporation. So I grew up around all of that. So consequently, I found out that if I was going to be on the radio, if I was just a real person, because I don't have any jokes to tell. I'm not, I'm, say, I'm humorous and comedic just by being real. Mm-hmm. Like you said, if you hear some of the things I say, even in my gospel program, Right? We're not ever using profanity and so on and so forth. And when I was doing just basic top 40 second of radio and R&B radio, I never did that because I thought it was not only disrespectful to other people, no matter what their faith happened to be, or if they had no faith at all, but just to them and their families, why act like that if you could be more friendly, more positive? The person who lives in the same building or across the street, in my particular case, on the other side of the road out in this farming community. So I, when I got into radio, I said, well, you know what? I've been listening to all these people. I don't, I don't have anything else to offer but me. So if I give them me, meaning sharing some of my personal life, the ups and the downs, because I'm sure you've heard me talk about uh, when I went through the cancer thing. 
three years ago, my grandson, my, my oldest grandson, uh, passing away of a rare blood disease, uh, going through a divorce. I shared it with my audience. But my audience, you know what they did? They didn't judge me and kick me to the curb. Instead, they said, man, guess what? We know those things happen. We're praying for you. Mm -hmm. What can we do to help you? Now, this is whether I was just doing my countdown with Walk Baby Low or gospel tracks and or because some people miss, you know, one of my fourth syndicated shows. You know how big it is and difficult it is to have one syndicated show in America or around the world, okay? But I think called African Americans Making History Today. It was mm -hmm. a short-form program. Went for like seven, eight years where I told you in 60 seconds about something that an African-American person had done that nobody else had been able to do or a corporate situation or job position that no one else of color had ever held. Well, doing all of these different things in my head has always been, why don't I just tell people something that I've learned about life? And I can end it with this and let y'all talk some more because I don't want to mess with mess around. <laughs> no, this right. is great. I can talk to you. Man. We can just sit around and drink, drink Kenyan tea and I'll be cool. Uh, which is, which is, I've just always thought like, wow, what if I share some of my life, yeah. people will share their lives with me. And mm -hmm. I'll throw this in real quick and I'll show both you and Sony this, 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 this video. Yesterday I preached at this church in Budu Budu, okay? And it was a love and salvation healing church, right? Nice sized church, smaller congregation, people coming together, you know? But a lady came there from listening to gospel tracks on your station here on Capital FM 98.4, okay, every Sunday. She said, well, I was on alcohol and other drugs and things, and I started listening to your program, and you have changed my life, she said, over the past 10 years. Says, I'm now clean. Said, and I brought my daughter because I wanted them to meet you. Wow. But God, she says, has changed my life just because of this radio station allowing you to be on it. Mm. So it ain't about me. It's about God and it's about human beings. Yeah, man. Whether we're black or we're white or we're Latin or we're Asian or we're Native American, we're, we're, we're male or female, whatever we happen to be, we're God's children. Yeah. And this woman hugged me. I have a video I'll show y'all of her and her daughter. And I said to myself, all this crap I've been through the negative part of being in the radio business and entertainment and 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 God say lifting me up to a status that people look at me and many times they want to tear you down also mm -hmm. rather than hold you up. But look what God has done through me to help somebody else and he's glorified and encourages other human beings the same thing. Amazing. It's Amazing. killer, man. Yeah, it is. I mean some I just get on my knees and I pray and I thank God for life because I'm like, wow. I thought I was going to be a sociologist <laughs> and I was going to change the world by just helping poor people <laughs> right. as opposed to helping everybody. Yeah. But telling poor people and disadvantaged people, you can rise up from where you are if you have a dream. But I believe you also have some faith. If you have some faith, guess what? You hear me say it on the show. I know you do. Yeah. When I say, let your natural spirit connect with God's Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, you do your part, he'll do his part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. I think we've got to take a break there, Walt. But my God, this is 
This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Uh, honestly, such an honor to be joined by you in studio. And when we come back, I'd love to talk more about your trip here as well as yeah. your book. Yeah. I mean, so much to get into. And uh, honestly, our, our WhatsApp group, we have a WhatsApp channel, 0701-984-984. We're getting so many questions. People are so excited to hear you. <laughs> Capital FM. That's Ginger playing right here on Capital in the Morning with myself, Sony Side Up, and Fareed. And we're joined by a multifaceted man that needs absolutely no introduction, but I will introduce him no less. We are joined today by Reverend Walter Shaw, a.k.a. Walt Baby Love. Welcome to studio. <laughs> Thank you again, Sony. Glad yes. to be here with you and Fareed. Yeah. And uh, an absolute pleasure to have you. I have a question here from somebody yes. listening mm-hmm. listening in. They listen to your show every Sunday here at Capital FM from 1 to 3. And they say, uh, Walt Baby Love plays Brent Jones's song, Nothing Else Matters, every week. Why is this song so important to him? Ah, Nothing Else Matters. I'm glad you asked that question. Mainly because of, one, a big fan of Brent Jones. Okay? And uh, back in the day, meaning like he's a young guy, but when I... F- was in LA for a while I kept hearing about this gospel group called Brent Jones and the TP mob mm-hmm. and I kept wondering what is the TP mob right what, what is this whole thing total praise mob and uh, he wanted to contemporize gospel music from the standpoint with choirs he said we well, hear this song all the time one the first thing they should understand is that I realize I have all these different affiliate radio stations throughout the United States and around the world they want me and expect me to play the music that shows up on the gospel music charts on Billboard and Media Base, Media Base 24-7. Mm-hmm. Well, that song is at the top. But more importantly, when it first started over a year ago, his management asked me would I listen to his new album. Well, that was the particular song that I picked besides two others that I thought they should release first, just as you know, a favor. Mm-hmm. Well, it took off, okay? Since then... Uh, it's become number one on Media Base 24-7 on Billboard. It's the first Billboard number one song this young man has ever had. Wow. And, uh, and I'm not getting paid under the table or nothing <laughs> stupid, but the audience <laughs> likes it. And if you pay any attention to any of those charts, maybe you don't, you can Google that since we have all those technologies these days. But you can find out that in the gospel music world, those particular songs hang around longer than most secular songs meaning they stay on the chart, they stay in the minds of people, stay in the hearts of people much longer. So the bottom line for me is, right, you give people what they want. So I have to play the songs yeah. that are at the top of the chart. Yeah. So now, they, for example, that person asked that question. Uh, why don't you ask the question, you who wrote that in, right? Why don't you ask the question, why do we play the Kirk Franklin song over and <laughs> over and over again? Because it stays in the top five, yeah. and you want the top five. Mm. So what is Walt supposed to do? Can, am I supposed to say, well, I don't like it. I'm going to quit playing it, even though the, the, the public likes it. Uh, then you're going to get mad at me and not want to listen to my program. Then the stations I'm on, like Capital FM, are going to throw me off. We could never. I don't think there's a risk of that. Now, we there, could never. there's a friend who who messaged me. Uh, I've, Gita. Got a, there you go. Gita. Got, yeah, Gita. <laughs> thank you for listening to Gospel <laughs> Tracks. I didn't forget. I know I'm older, but I didn't forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but really, Gita, thank you so much for you, writing in and listening. You, you you talk about this 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 popular music sort of conundrum because there are songs that as 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 jocks. Right, that are in the top ten right. that we don't particularly like, but, we, but we've got to play them, right? That's correct because we don't decide; the public decides 
pretty much we're going to play as well as our employer. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a music policy of every station yeah. as well. Uh, Sonny was asking you uh, off air about your, your, you were going to ask him about his, his incredible trip across Africa. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just would love to know more about your experience so far here in Kenya. I know you were speaking to some youth uh, just the other day about the importance of uh, technology and like really making sure that they're, you know, uh, yeah. working on that. And so, yeah, just wanted to hear more about your trip and how you were doing. Yeah, so, so far, everything's going well for my wife and I. Uh, we got here right, our bags were delayed. But the bottom line, we've had a great time. People have been very kind. We had a press conference uh, over the weekend uh, that uh, Dr. Peter O'Dara set up, and also Big Ted. I'm sure you've heard of Big Ted. Well, Big Ted, you know, his name is Thomas Kwaka. Well, he happens to be the Council General for the Kenyan Consulate in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And I happened to meet him only because he happened to come to our church, where I'm one of the associate ministers at First African Methodist Episcopal Church for 23 years. And uh, I'm a graduate of Fuller Theological Seminary, just uh, people understand the kind of education. But anyway, I met him, and he introduced me to Dr. Pete. And so since then, they set up all of these different things for me to do, including come to visit with you guys Wonderful. because they had contacts with your program director and your management, so on and so forth. And so our trip has been going really great. I mean, and we were told that this time of year, usually the weather is warmer. So we got here for some <laughs> reason. It's been more chilly. It has Thank God been. I had this jacket that I, I always travel with on the plane because sometimes planes are, are cold. But uh, the weather's kind of been a little strange. Uh, sun's trying to come out, but people have been wonderful. You love this real quick as broadcasters. You love this and as human beings. So we're staying at the Fairmont Norfolk Hotel, mm -hmm. okay? Famous hotel in your city. People have been great. But coming, you know, people are polite and everything because they're doing their job, right? But they don't know, in their minds, it's Walter Shaw, you know, right. here or whatever. Yeah. Right? And so one of the waiters, we're, we're having breakfast the first day we're here, and we're talking about something. And I said, well, where are you from? You know, oh, the United States. Well, well, where? New York? You know, no, California, Los Angeles. Really? Yeah. Right. And I was like, well, guy says, well, what do you do? I said, well, you know, <laughs> I, I work, you know, in entertainment and stuff like that. And I said, do you know the name Big Ted? Big Ted? <laughs> you, you, you know Big Ted? Yeah. I said, yeah, no, but Ted, why? <laughs> so, so this is how I met him right at our church. Because he happened to be there because of some individuals who are Kenyan who now live in the United States, invited him to the church to hear them sing in a men's choir. Mm -hmm. But I happened to be the preacher that day. Like the pastor, you know, has other people preach besides himself. And uh, he went, oh, my God, I know that voice. I know that name. <laughs> That's Walt Baby Love. And so the guy at the hotel, when I said Big Ted, and, right, and he said, he said, well, well, what's your name? And I, I, I said, Walt, Walt Love. Walt Baby Love? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. You know, he's, he's made it his point to be the person serving <laughs> us. Yes. So then they told other people at the hotel. So now it's kind of like, can I take a picture with yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were living in anonymity for a while there. Um, yeah, Big that's Ted actually, look at God. Big Ted actually used to work here as well for, for a short spell. So Is he was right? also at radio. Where did Walt Baby Love come from then? I mean, what, why, why that name? I mean, if, if, I mean, Walter Shaw would have worked as well. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm at the, you know, the R&B radio station uh, where they gave me a name I didn't want. Charlie Brown. Oh, I says, God. Oh, that, that's right. He says, oh, God, Fred, yeah. you got it. And I said to the manager, right, I says, no, I'm not going to be that. Mm -hmm. He says, no, you have to do what I tell you. You know, you, this is your first job, right? <laughs> so I said, okay, you know, listen to KYOK, 1580, da-da-da-da-da-da. This is Charlie Brown. Right, yeah. So then after a couple of months, 
I would say, it's KYOK 5090, it's Charlie Brown. I said, but it's Walt Baby. Like that, right? And uh -huh. they didn't know what I was talking about because I didn't really know what I was talking about. <laughs> right. But I was determined to start to try to use some of my own name. Fast forward. When KILT hires me, the big top 40 station, they have a guy on the radio named Rick Shaw. So they said, we can't have two Shaws because of the ratings and all of that stuff. You got to be somebody else. So you can't be Walt Shaw. You have to be Walt somebody, right? And I said, well, could I be Walt Love? I said, because there needs to be more love in the world. God is about love. It's just a faith guy. The program director happened to be a born-again Christian. Great gentleman, Mr. Bill Young, who's passed on. White gentleman. And, and the, you know, he and his management and ownership, they were the ones who decided, we're going to hire this black guy, period. So anyway, we're there. But my favorite radio personality, a guy by the name of Steve Lundy, one of the greatest radio broadcasters in America, in my opinion. And I used to listen to him when I was on the R&B station. Well, he's playing the song Baby Love mm -hmm. by the Supremes, Diana Ross and the Supremes. Mm -hmm. And he says, hey, you listen to Steve Lundy on the Big 610. This is KILT. Hey, coming up at 10 o'clock, our own Baby Love, our own Walt Baby Love is going to be wow. in here. Cross plug, right? right? Right, So I get to work, and he says so to important. me, he says, uh, did you hear what I said to you about you? I said, yeah. He says, uh, Bill wants to talk to you, the program director. Call him. So I called him. And I said, yeah, you know, Mr. Young, what do you want? You know, I'm thinking I'm new. I'm only there two weeks. I'm like, what have I done? And he, he said, did you hear what Steve said? I said, yeah. He said, what did you think about that? I said, I thought that was pretty cool. He says, name identification, you know, in radio is the big deal. He says, how would you think, what would you think about being called Walt Baby Love all the time? I said, oh, I love it. Mm -hmm. He said, well, here's what I want you to do starting tonight on your show. He said, I want you to say, this is Walt Baby Love. This is love on your radio. This is baby love. This is the baby, your kind of love. He said, change it around wow. however you want to do it. I'm going to call TM Productions in Dallas. I'm going to have new jingles made for you that say, Walt, baby love, K-I-L-T, the big 610, Houston. And, that is crazy. And, and the rest is history, as the they say. The rest is history wow. with the union and SAG, you know, Screen Actors Guild and all that stuff. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> that really is. Capital FM. So we're talking about 54 plus years in the game. We're sitting here next to Walt Baby Love or Walter Shaw. Uh, 54 <laughs> years is a long time to be in the game. You yeah. getting tired yet, Walt? I mean, because we can't we can't lose gospel tracks. So, uh, <laughs> Actually, no. Okay, I, good. <laughs> I, the, the, the idea is I've asked God to let me continue to go as long as he wants me to go. But in my head, I'm thinking like, maybe five years, something like that. Right. But uh, because I enjoy what I do, but the, the public makes it enjoyable for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, and what I do for Christ uh, makes a big difference also, you mm -hmm. know, when I got into ministry. And I uh, went to seminary. I got a master's degree in theology from Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California. So when I got into ministry, I wasn't going to be just one of these guys that, you know, somebody reads the Bible and you kind of know this. I'm putting that down. But I said, I want to learn from from theologians and scholars so that I can be more productive in trying to see what I could do to help people. But doing radio, I love doing radio. I love preaching. And um, but so the two things I'd say that I, I love the most other than my relationship with Jesus Christ is doing radio and now preaching because it's obviously totally different. Mm -hmm. But God has given me a skill that I learned in the radio business that is effective also preaching the word of God. Mm -hmm. So 
Hopefully, I'm not going anywhere. That's no. good to know. I'm, I'm planning to get down with the get down. That's right. Now, <laughs> we, we found a clip. I'm not sure from what year. Uh, it was I posted on the 20th. 19, 1971. Okay, 1971. Have a listen to this. In the summertime, with Walt Baby Love for the Steve Hunter Show on CKLW, it's 8.36, daylight time. And now another page from the Uncola Underground Newsletter. <laughs> and, and you were playing Mungo Jerry's Summertime as well, right? Summertime in, in, brand new in Windsor, then. Canada, across from Detroit, <laughs> and definitely doing a heavy boogie. Yeah, 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 yeah. that was a great track, too. Um, do you remember, are there moments that stand out more than, I mean, I know we talked about the colorful past being one of the yeah. first black hosts or jocks at the game but are there yeah. are, are there moments that stand out for you that more than others i know last year of course getting into the radio hall of fame must be one yeah. of those moments but what are some of the like the the key moments in your career that okay. that make you keep going even today i would say for example the first time i had a chance that i was asked to do uh, uh an mc show uh hosting a concert at madison square garden in new york city and uh with twenty six thousand people and uh the black guy from WORFM uh, is going to host Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons with Jay and the Jay Clark and the Americans, or Jay Black, excuse me, Jay Black and the Americans, the Four Tops, and Martha Reeves and the Vandellas at Madison Square Garden. A guy who grew up in Creighton, Pennsylvania, with two stoplights, with my great grandparents, uh, and we had an outhouse. Uh, didn't have indoor bathrooms at that time, and, and later they managed to, to move and get that. And um, so doing something like that stands out to me. Then also, uh, when I interviewed Elton John, wow. uh, I didn't even know who the hell Elton John was. <laughs> I'm serious. This is a true story. And uh, Mr. Paul Drew, the man that brought me with RKO General to, to be the first and only black talent they ever had, and later he asked me to find other people that they ultimately hired, like two other guys. But the point is... Um, uh, Mr. Drew called the program director uh, in New York City and, and said to him, Sebastian Stone at that time, he says, I got this, this artist from London who's just getting started. He's going to be big. He's, just, he's, he's starting to happen in Europe, and he's not big yet in the United States, but I want Walt interviewing him on his afternoon drive show because I was on, at that time he had three-hour shifts. So it was on 3 p.m. to 6 Said that I don't want anybody else interviewing him. I want my guy interviewing him. Now the black guy, right? That's new, interviewing Elton John, who's just getting started. Wow. I don't know who this guy is, and they don't they don't give me any questions. You know, no talking points, nothing. Paul's trusting me, and I sit down and go, Hey, Elton, what's happening, man? How you doing? <laughs> Welcome to America, bro. <laughs> yeah. Right. Ah, what a what a baby love. What a baby. Love. <laughs> yeah, man. What you gonna do here in New York? It turned out great. Years later, now we have Sir Elton John. Mm -hmm. Now he might remember me. He may not remember me, but I remember him, and I remember the opportunity that only God presented to me, only because of Mr. Drew having faith in what he felt I could do as a talent, that I could off the cuff speak to this man because he knew about my vocabulary. I wanted to ask about this book that you wrote in 2007. I keep thinking, oh, he's about to bring it up. But uh, <laughs> I'd love to just hear more about what inspired the book. Uh, the title is The Gospel According to Reverend Walt Baby Love, Inspirations and Meditations from the Gospel Radio Legend. What inspired you to write this book? And, and yeah, tell us about a bit yeah. about it. I always wanted to write a book, and my agent, a guy by the name of Eric Weiss, he's still my agent today, 
And um, Eric just happened to be in Dallas, Texas, and he met a lady who was a literary agent. And so they're talking about all kind of stuff. And so she had asked him, because he was with some other people in this group, and said, well, what do you do? He says, oh, he says, I, you know, I, I manage some talent in the radio business, you know, and he named people. And he said, and, and one of the guys I have is Walt Baby Love uh, that does uh, the show called The Countdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and at that time, uh, if I remember correctly, our gospel tracks had started also. But anyway, the bottom line was, as he said to her, he said, yeah, that's what I do. And she said, oh, Walt Baby Love? Now, this is a Jewish white lady in Dallas, Texas. And they're with this, you know, group of all white people talking about whatever they're doing. And um, she says, he says, well, what do you do? And she says, oh, I'm a literary agent. He says, really? So says, you know, Walt, my client, yeah, he wants to write a book. He's talked about that he hopes someday he could tell his story so people kind of know what he's been through in the radio business because so, he's really iconic. And the lady says, oh, I, I listen to him on K104 <laughs> every Saturday morning at the countdown with Walt Baby Love. He said, really? He said, well, listen, can I put my client in touch with you and let the two of you talk? I said, certainly. She said, let me talk to him. She said, because I know I could get him a book deal. Mm-hmm. I know I can. And he said, okay. So he gave her my number. She called me, told me who she was, and he called me and said, expect a call from this lady. And uh, Jan is her name. And she said, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to write about? And I said, you know, I could write about all the stuff in the secular world. I said, but I don't want to do that. I said, I want to tell people about what I know God has done for me when I didn't know that God was doing all these things and I wasn't serving him the way that I possibly should have. You know, I mean, I wasn't, you know, drugging and drinking or anything and I wasn't Mm -hmm. stealing and robbing or any of that, but I wasn't going to church on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I'd go every now and then and, uh, you know, give a lot of money and try to help other people, but I wasn't really serving and I wasn't really reading. So I was falling back on now that I, gotten a little older and a little wiser I said if I do a book I want to talk about God (laughs) and I said I'm not going to beat them over the head but I'm going to show them different instances along the way in my life and my career from the little farming community to the military to the radio business uh, to being an outcast in a white man's world and finally breaking through but God was orchestrating this whole thing and she said, oh, that sounds interesting. She says, uh, can I get your bio and a bunch of stuff like that? I said, let me take it from there and I'll get back in touch with you. Well, about, I'd say two weeks later, she called and said, well, I've got five publishers that want to offer you a deal. Wow. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> right? I said, these people even know who I am? And she says, yeah. They, she says, they, they know who you are like as a listener. But you don't realize that maybe they figure this story that you told me you want to tell. Mm -hmm. That's what has them interested, that they can work with the fact that you're a brand. Walt, baby, love. Mm -hmm. And that's that's how the book was inspired. Well, you're an incredible storyteller, so I I, I can't wait to read that book myself. Um, I was wondering, do you have any, like, a quote or piece of advice that you can leave with our listeners today? Something that's been maybe on your mind that you want to share <laughs> like not to, to put you on the spot <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hey my my father in the ministry reverend dr cecil chip murray and prophet lk johnson these two men they said 
the best thing about you, Walter, is you can think on your feet. Mm-hmm. I said, that's right. My grandmother beat it into my head. <laughs> learn, to th- learn to think quickly, right? And then in the military. Anyway, so I would leave this with your audience. Keep God first in your life and realize that life is a gift from God. And hold on to this scripture if you don't do anything else. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you and give you a future and hope. If you've got a future and you've got hope and you've got God, you can take the world by storm. What an incredible message. Beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, free. <laughs> Thank you. Sonny, thanks for having me. I mean, this has been a real privilege, and yeah. I hope to come back, and maybe we can get uh, ownership and, and Capital FM to say, hey, Walt, you need to come back, and we're going to sponsor you. We're going to fly you. We're going to treat you. Let's have a big event. Let's get, like, about, you know, 50, 100,000 people someplace, do a concert or whatever we're going to do, and bless people all at the same time. God be glorified, and Capital FM 98.4 being the anchor to making it happen. Thank you so much. We'd love to see it. Amen. Thank you. God bless you both. And thank you for your courtesy and your kindness. Thank Thank you you so much for joining us. (laughs) 